Alright guys, we are going to talk to Akash Senapati, who is a co-founder at Vava. It's a startup that's been around for a year and seven months. But prior to that, he was a senior product manager at some game companies like Digital Chocolate and Zynga Natural Motion in the UK. So we'll find out more about his background, how he is transitioning into life as a founder from being a product manager. What you're doing right now, what is Vava? Could you tell us a little bit more about about the company yeah. and your, your role at the company? Cool, so Vava was started about a year and a half back and what we do at Vava is that we do live online training in a variety of skills, mostly next generation skills, and with a clear slant for towards earning. So the motto of the company is learning, say earning tuck, which is a mix of Hindi and some English in there. Basically means from learning all the way to earning. Right. And what's uh, a next generation skill? What, what's an example of a next so, generation So for example, we are training people in currently online, completely online, mm -hmm. live, okay. micro batches with a lot of one-to-one -one or, okay. or rather I'd say micro batch mentoring. Okay. seven, eight people in a batch. We currently do, for example, things like nail art. Okay. This is exploding in popularity. You don't need to have a previous degree to do any of these skills. You can get into it, you can learn, you can learn really quickly. We help you in understanding what the market is like. We help you in understanding how to source raw materials. We help you in right. setting up your business and earning. Right. So kind of a difference between like the traditional education system where you're going for general skills, degrees, and then going towards a specific career, but it seems like you guys are more focused. The specific skill, learn that skill, get right to work. Absolutely, like it's okay. exactly that. And nail art is just one of the examples. Mm -hmm. We aim to set up multiple such colleges. So I can't really talk about what's coming next, but yeah. as an example, we have nail art, we have makeup, we have hairstyling, oh, nice. uh, multiple things over there, and then we'll see more such verticals come up very soon. Right, and how long have you been doing this? And you, you're a co-founder, could you talk Correct. about some of the other like, how did you start the company? And... Um, so we have, we have four co-founders, and at least three of us have a very solid gaming background. Okay. One of us ran Zynga in India. Oh. One was one of the star product managers at uh, Zynga in India. Nice. And that's where I met uh, him, okay. and, and he introduced me to the others, and that's how we all got started. So. Right. All of us pretty much collectively made um, the decision to start this, and we are all very much involved with the games industry. We love that industry. Great. We talk about it affectionately every day. <laughs> nice. And sometimes unaffectionately right. as well. And maybe we could talk about that because you have your career, and you worked at, uh, amongst other companies, Digital Chocolate, I believe in the Bangalore office, and then you also worked at Zynga, the natural motion studio in the UK. But could you talk about some of your gaming experience? What did you do? What were your specific roles and yeah. you know, the different companies? Uh, the very first company I worked for was iBebo, and I think I owe that company a huge debt of gratitude because um, the product leader who I trained under, he's now some hotshot at Amazon in Seattle. He was absolutely <laughs> fantastic. Great. And I think at that time, there were very few product management roles, right. uh, pure product management roles and not project management roles in right, India. Right, right. And I just sort of stumbled into this. And I guess my only, what drove me to that was that I was always interested in computers from a very young age. I had a MS-DOS 386 with four MB RAM. So that's how ancient I am. And so that's where I started, where we were doing social games for India, right. and very, very India-focused games. And then after that, Digital Chocolate, after that, Move to London, Real Fun Games, Zynga, 
And it's always been product management roles um, and always always games. Okay. So. Yeah. And so you made the transition from product management to entrepreneurship in terms of like your role at Baba. Is it similar in terms of the product management role? And maybe you could talk about that in terms of you know, that transition as well as maybe some of the skills that you learn that apply now to you as an entrepreneur? Yeah, I think in, in some ways there is a similarity. There is yeah. some amount of overlap. Very specifically at Vava, what I do is that I look after course design. Okay. And we have taken a very product management approach to that. So we'll design the course, we'll, I don't want to talk too much about how exactly we do it. Sure. I think yeah. a lot of this is, is secret sauce. But I would say that a lot of my PM experience translated into me doing a good job at being able to design the courses. Right. The other thing that I look at at Vava is just running operations. And, and running operations like a tight ship, there's no way I would have been able to do it without my previous gaming knowledge because all that focus on metrics and watching for numbers and movement in those numbers, that really, that pedigree is really what's helped me a lot over here. That and uh, the ability to write SQL, which uh, <laughs> eternal debt of gratitude to Zynga. Is that necessary for a PM? There's a big debate now. Should PMs know SQL or not know SQL? They should. Okay. Oh, 100% they should. <laughs> Absolutely, they should. I mean, they don't need to know like super complex SQL. Right. But the, the basics. Yes, because, uh, because I think as a PM, it's, very, it's a very interesting role. Very often, nobody's going to tell you, hey, this is exactly what you need to do. You should be self-sufficient, you should be entrepreneurial, you should be able to figure out answers on your own. And even if you don't figure out the answers, you should be able to say, hey, I think there's a problem there. Can I get some analyst support to really, really get into the weeds? Got it. And I think that's important for a PM. So yeah, 100%. And, and before I learned SQL, I was also like, why am I doing this? <laughs> but it's only when I crossed the chasm that I was like, yeah, okay. Okay. So Akash, in terms of your perspective of the Indian gaming market, what are your thoughts in terms of positives and areas where you think India still needs to kind of grow in terms of the gaming industry? All right, so I think, so I'll start with the positives first. I think uh, we've got a really good, strong product management core over here. Okay. And a lot of that is due to Zynga India. They've got, um, they take a very good approach to product management. Okay. So a lot of the product managers I've spoken to from Zynga India are absolutely world class. So over there, I think, you know, we've got a very good, strong core uh, of people. I think one of the places where there can be a lot of improvement is art and design. Mm. And uh, there are several reasons for this, I think. Multiple people have talked about different things. My, my thesis on this is that when artists go, grow up abroad, and I saw this in, in the UK where I worked for quite a while, you know, they grow up with their own local influences, but at yeah. the same time, they've got so many influences coming in from everywhere. So if someone has, uh, let's say, a Japanese influence along with something which is more European, they can just seamlessly blend that together. And if you say that, hey, okay, so I like this Norse mythology thing you've got going on, can we put in some Japanese weapons over there just to make it a little bit more interesting, something more unique? They're like, yeah, okay, done. That does not translate so well over here. Okay. Over here, you'll have to give references. Right. And I think that a lot of that is because when people are growing up over here, they don't get that many creative inputs from across the world. Right. And I think that is an issue with, with art and design. Okay. But I think that like everything with India, that will be solved going forward. Okay. But I think these are my, my two. 
but i'll also say this that that since i since i moved back to india i've not been that much that immersed in the gaming scene so i'd actually throw the question to you and i'd like to know what you say <laughs> it it feels like i i think the the biggest issue i have with indian gaming is just in terms of like the sophistication because like obviously like a lot of the work here has been content treadmill live ops and so like yes. in, in terms of like new game development and understanding that discipline how do you build something new something innovative in the process and the practices around that i think need further development and then just a lot of folks who don't question why right like they're doing something but then they they don't attack the process they don't try to improve upon it they're just like okay we do this and then if you ask them okay well why do you do things in a certain way they kind of don't know or they haven't thought about it so i i just think that it's a skill that can be learned and i think that that kind of thinking is starting to come here but it just hasn't been developed fully yet yeah i think that's a really good answer while you were while you were saying this the other thing that popped into my mind was that i noticed that when i was in the uk everyone who i worked with at least i would say 70% 80% they were there because they really love games and they love the games industry and okay. because of which they're sort of sponges for a lot of influence they play a lot of games that's not yet there in india again i can see this increase exponentially year quarter on quarter year on year but classically historically that's not really there yet you, you, you won't find kids in india who are like i want to work in the games industry i'm going to start as a qa and i'm going to become a pm right abroad you'll find so many people who started as qa and then they went into design or product or engineering even every single thing people are perfectly fine with starting in qa just because they love games right so that's not something i've yet seen over here so akash i wanted to ask you about when you think about the differences and so you worked here in bangalore for digital chocolate you worked in the uk for zinga natural motion like if you were to compare some of the differences in terms of approach philosophy ways of working what are some of those key differences that you saw i think india has a lot of organized chaos if you don't if you aren't very familiar with the working culture yeah it'll just look completely chaotic but there's a lot of organized chaos and we can make great strides in a short amount of time right the uk everything was super organized for example there was absolutely no work chat on whatsapp right like whatsapp meant the game is down like all hands on <laughs> deck right over here i mean i don't know sometimes i don't know why we are paying for slack <laughs> right because everything's on whatsapp every, anyway right so that's a very different mode and philosophy with regards to work culture The other thing is that in India work life and personal life blends. People will spend a lot more time in office, they'll form deep friendships in office. But in the UK when it came time to go home, people would just go home. Because it's the UK there would of course be several drinks at the pub before going home. But by and large people would go home and right. you know there was that kind of a separation. Right. In India you don't see that as much. Yeah. And so I would say these are the two, you know, main differences we can go deeper into. any of this that you would like to talk about yeah i mean like so maybe i could ask you about that in terms of when you think of of somebody in india working at a game company versus somebody in the uk in terms of lifestyle so do you think you mentioned there's more of a separation in the uk more of work integration here in bangalore and i i think i've kind of heard a couple of different 
stories on this, right? So I've, I've heard from some companies that they're there, they're working all the time, they're, work, they're going home at like midnight, they're working on the weekends, and then I hear from other people like folks at like Zynga or Ubisoft, oh no, no, it's all work-life balance. And so what's the, what's the truth? <laughs> I think if it's companies like possibly Zynga and Ubisoft, maybe there is, you know, I mean, they will follow, um, I guess they'll follow what the international parent sort of lays down for them. Okay. But at Indian companies and in general, like what I've seen before, life's blend. Mm -hmm. Even at several Indian companies, I've seen life, life sure. can blend between right. work and between personal people from the friendships at work. Right. And uh, I think that's, that's something which I've pretty much only seen over here. I will also say that, like for example in the UK, yeah. there will be no tea breaks in the middle, very less. Uh, people will come in at a certain time, they will work up at a certain point of time. And in, and in India, there'll be several breaks in the middle of the day. Uh, there'll be tea, there'll be chai, there'll be coffee. You know, you get to know each other, you yeah. chat a little bit, then you go back to your desk. And which is why it'll stretch beyond six, it'll stretch beyond seven, it'll stretch beyond eight, often. Because you've got all of these things integrated. And I think, like, Western culture is a lot about the individual. Right. And Indian culture is a lot about the collective. So in the West, you would cultivate a separate hobby out of work. And if you don't have that, if someone says, so what did you do on the weekend? And if you can't say something interesting like, oh, I went for a hike or I went bouldering, or I, people will be like, oh, okay, so you just saw Netflix, huh? But that's not really the case in India. People will, you're not really expected to cultivate something fantastic and interesting and mysterious outside of work you can do all of that within work. Right. So you'll finish work and then you'll probably go to the bar with your work friends, maybe you'll play football with them. Those lines are very much blurred over here because it's all about the collective and this is the collective. And together, you know, you've got this goal, hopefully, usually. Yeah. And yeah. Well, it looks like I came to the right place because I, I, I agree with you. Like, I believe that work and life should blend and I believe in more yeah. of the collective as well. So that's yeah, yeah. great. So Akash, you came back. So you know, when I talk to some folks from whether it's Zynga or Ubisoft or some of these other companies, they can't wait to get out of India. You came back. What brought you back to India? I think uh, several reasons. And so one of them is my partner. She's German. Okay. So I feel that you know, so when people go abroad, they like to they like to stay there on a work visa regardless of all the complications of a work visa, mm -hmm. because that's the only choice they have. Okay. My partner is German, so I always feel that I have an in to Europe if I want to make it happen. Okay. So I think I'm in a slightly different position as compared to other people. So it's easy for me to come back. But even if that was not the case, I do find the whole work visa thing quite annoying. I like freedom. Okay. That's one. Two, living in London, apartments are really small. Over here, you can live a king's life if you work in tech. And that's fantastic. And there are there'll always and always be pros and cons. Like, for example, a lot of the Indians who I know, my batchmates, my friends, so many of them work abroad now. And a lot of them have universally embraced the outdoors. They're into fitness, they're into hiking, they're into all of these things that are slightly harder to do in India because you can very quickly and easily get out of the city on a weekend and have, like all the hiking trails are beautifully laid out. Right. So I would say there are pros and cons. And I think for me, I felt that if I come back to India, it's easy for me to, or relatively easier for me to start something. I would never have been able to do it living in the UK, right? Like I can't, I can't think about starting something 
because what about my work visa? They'll chuck me out of the country, right? right? I've actually interviewed, at this point, hundreds of product managers in India, in gaming. Yeah. And I would say, when I ask them about their future aspiration, it's basically your path. Yeah. A lot of these product managers, well, the, the number one response to like what they want to do in the future is always, I want to start my own company. So there's a strong entrepreneurial culture here and kind of like a desire to follow the path that you have gone down, which is starting your own company. What advice would you give to gaming product managers, maybe whether they're working in Zynga or a startup or other companies here, on how they should think about this journey that you've taken? Uh, starting a business, what steps should they take? How should they think about a company before starting it? Uh, I would say that the first thing to acknowledge that right now living in India, starting a company is cool. So, yeah. so know this, acknowledge this, because there's just this whole romance which is being created around starting a company and around being called a founder. Right. I would say that when you're in it, there's no romance in there. So you should know this. And there is absolutely nothing wrong if you want to be an employee. It's, especially if you're in tech, we are all privileged to have a relatively very good life right now. There is a really high demand for people who understand technology. Yeah. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with being there as well. I think if you want, if you, for example, if the little things annoy you, you know, why isn't this like this? Why isn't that like that? I want to fix things. I want to build things. If, if you've got that itch in your head, then, you know, you've probably got the right DNA. That's yeah. one. And if you can identify a problem that you want to solve, then that's also good. So that's check two. Then you'll have to find other people who you want to do it with because doing it just by yourself is hard. Right. Uh, there's a lot, lot of work to be done. And four, you really have to sign up for the work. I can tell you this, that once you're really in it, you'll find the romance of it will quickly be sucked out like air from a vacuum. So you, you really have to know and recognize that. So it's perfectly fine, you know, if the answer is no for a lot of you, and there's no harm in that. Right. Right? I mean, companies aren't built just because of founders. There's a lot of people uh, who work in these companies who do fantastic work. And if everyone wanted to do a, become a founder, then there'd be no companies. Sure. So, so yeah, I think um, weigh everything and weigh it well. Like, figure out the pros and cons and figure out if you're the right person for it. Right. And if you have the right motivations and not because it's cool and you want to raise a round of funding. And, right. you, know, you can go back and, hey, I raised funding, guys. It's, there is a lot more that lurks below the surface that you just never know until you're really neck deep in it. I don't know why, so that's why I really want to see Leela Games succeed. I really like the name. Thank you. I love the name. I think it's absolutely fantastic. Be here, use use the market, because of, this is definitely going to be uh, cheaper than developing a drug. And games is not like a, you do one and then that's it, right? Like, it's very yeah. difficult for that to happen. Yeah, that's, so. that's kind of like how I'm thinking about our opportunity is like, what, what I tell our guys is like, if we can have an incredibly strong team a year from now, two years from now, yes. that has so much value in this world where you've got like broken cultures, broken cost structures in other areas of the world. So if we can have massive structural advantage here, you know, with 
a team deep in a specific genre with very deep expertise with the cost structure that we have with a team that really wants to work on you know creating a world-class product it's, it's kind of like from my background working at Fun Plus, King of Avalon, we did that in Beijing. I think. Yeah, I think there's a lot of value in that. Parsia Kuriantos. Nice, what is that? Parsia Kuriantos. Okay. That was Persian. Yes. This is from North Iran, from Caspian Sea. Okay, nice. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Compared to a game studio in the West, if we can make three games to their one, who's going to win over the long term, right? Absolutely. So... Absolutely. And what about the choice of games? So what game are you guys working so on? So we're working on a shooter game, mm. which is a massive technical challenge. But I will say that I think that so long as we're betting on the long term, then I think we'll be okay. And then some of the technical challenge we can get around through design. Yeah. Uh, that it is it is a pretty massive challenge that we're that we're taking on because we're not just doing another shooter. Right? We don't want to do Battle Royale. We don't want to do Team Deathmatch. We just don't think we can. I mean, there's there's 250-person teams, you know, in China and all over the place. We can't compete in those spaces, so we're trying to do something different. Right, right. I would I would be wary about the technical challenge stuff. I think that's the one yeah. that just sort of creeps up on you slowly, 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 and then one day you're like, oh, my God, how do I solve yeah, yeah. this? How do I make the tech work? yeah. No, no, we've been we've been fairly warned, right? Like, so you know, I have a friend of mine who is you know led and he led a very successful shooter game that's you know, a top shooter game. He warned me that there are going to be like three, call it ten to twelve million dollar technical challenges that we're going to have to figure out how to get around. Yes. So we, we've got ideas on them, and and you know that 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 will be a risk. Yeah. How's the how's engineering sort of scaling to be able to handle that challenge? And I well, I will say like our our ability to hire engineering here is very very tough. Not only because no. one, there's so much competition for engineers here. Yes. And I would say like the technical capability of the engineers here still has to mature. Right? I, yeah. I think that yeah, there's a ton of Unity developers, but then. There's also a lot of Unity developers who don't have like a solid foundation, like in terms of math, logic. So they can kind of code stuff, but you know we're not really looking for scripters. We're looking for real hardcore engineering talent. So our conversion rate from has been super low, like 0.6 percent. So, yeah. yeah, I I understand that, and I think that's a very very good point. The grounding, the fundamentals, right? Sure, you know Unity, but did you have some background in motion graphics before? Did you do any kind of C++ before? Any, you know, like that really the kind of coding that you would learn in an engineering school. And I think that's a fair point. So I would have thought that that would be a challenge, like which you have confirmed, because I think there are a lot of engineers, a lot of good engineers, but yeah. easier for them to plug into, let's say, a SaaS software. Right. Games is hard. Now, has maybe another question I could ask you. So yeah. You've worked at Digital Software, you've worked at Zynga, Jack Promotion. If you could tell me about one thing that they that you thought they did really well, and maybe one thing you think that they can improve upon, and don't worry, nobody from Zynga is watching. So <laughs> everyone from Zynga is watching. I so I think the one I'll start with the positive. So I think in general, like game studios, I've seen that there's a it's a very fun, lively, creative atmosphere. 
So, you know, the walls will be done up nicely. And it's a very nice feeling to walk in there in the morning. This is for Zynga specifically or for both Zynga I and think, I think Zynga was better. Okay. And I think Dichok was also quite nice. But Zynga was definitely better, a step above, I would say. But then also, like, there was a while, there was a different time, right, when I worked at Dichok, which was Facebook games. Right. Right? So there's a certain evolution. So everything just becomes better. From the games to the processors to even the office decor, right? right. So unfair to compare. But I think the overall environment in a, in a, in a games office is fun. It's interesting. It's creative. There's a lot of talk about what are the latest games did you see the cultural influences in that movie? It totally looks like that game. So it's fun. It's interesting. It really keeps the creative juices going. And I think, I think game, game industry execs they maybe they do a little extra because uh, they're willing to do that little extra to inject some more fun in the uh, you know into a, into a game studios. They're not they're not just your regular MBAs. They're interested in games. I've seen this quite universally. The one thing that I think that they could do better is onboarding new people. And because game teams can be, uh, they can be large, but they're often, you know, like they're, they're small pods. Right. And unlike other companies where there would be a structured training program before you even hit the floor, what I've found is that, you know, you walk in one day like, hey, welcome Akash. Hey, Akash. And then that's it. Nobody really knows what's happening. I remember one of the places I joined within the first week, I remember checking in code, yeah. right? Like text strings of a game, translations. And someone said, hey, why didn't you do that? I said, sure, let me figure it out. I didn't know how to check it in, but I figured it out. I did it, but I should not be checking in code. Like you can't let me anywhere near your repo. So, and that's because nobody really knows how to onboard people. Right. So I think that's something that they could do much better. It could set them up for success. Yeah. Where are you getting your engineers from? I mean, we primarily use LinkedIn, AngelList, yeah. GitHub. And how big is the company now? So we'll be slightly over 30. Oh, wow. Between 30 to 35. Because we're bringing in so many new people, it depends on hmm. the week, right? Mm. Uh, yeah, we just very recently we hired a lot. I think we're going to slow it down because I, I think that was just too fast. Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, like you just have more new people than the old people, and then yeah. you've got a different problem. Right. Yeah. I've got a new appreciation for everything HR, which I just never had earlier. Right. Because also game, game teams, right? Like even as a PM, you'll have four or five other PMs reporting to you. It's it's small, right? You'll have these longer one-on-ones. This is a completely different ballgame. Like what I'm in now, it's operationally so heavy and so complex. The numbers of people involved are so much higher. Yeah. It's very different. So I think the biggest thing that I've learned in this is people management. Right. Well, I, I didn't also notice that a lot of the game companies where you know, where I've been, where we've been receiving recruits and when I interview them, it seems like there, there's this, I don't know, like the structural issue where after, let's say, five, 10 years, a lot of, whether it's PMs or in any, like art, any discipline, they want to become managers. And then they shift to management and then it's just like, how big can I grow my team? And then they stop actually learning their discipline and want to just manage. I think so. That's been a little bit of a disappointment. Yeah, I think what you, when you, if you sort of look at India as a game that is soft launched, yeah, 
all of this will you know it'll start to click into place right like so for a majority of people right like everyone who you hire they won't be from very rich families right like now for the very first time they're experiencing wealth right, right? like everyone mostly will be from a middle class family maybe their parents back home they run a shop maybe a lot of government jobs right and it's a bit like you know so you're experiencing this for the very first time but your thinking hasn't changed right right so you're like what are the things that would be social signaling number of people in my team right like the ability to say i'm a manager right so once you have gone through that whole cycle then you're like what you know what like fuck the title i don't care right, right, right. how does that even matter yeah. like it, it kind of goes back to like this this notion of you know self worth how do you view your value yeah. and for some people it's about prestige it's like what is my title how many people report to me how much money do i make for other people it's going to be like well i launched this product yeah. and then you know so i think and then i think there's other reasons we're we're trying to like orient people more around their craft yeah and more around their specific skill and then that should translate into value right like the salary and the money that you make but hopefully we can change that thinking here <laughs> yeah i think it'll it'll take some time yeah. because like i i mean the thinking changed in me and sure. it's not like it's not like like today i'm like yeah whatever i don't care whether i'm called founder whether i pour the coffee in the morning i clean the desks in the morning it doesn't really make a difference to me right. was i like this 10 years back i don't know i'd like to think i was but i really don't remember right, right? maybe i was maybe i wasn't maybe at that time my you know internal goals were different so i think it's a bit like you know that the need hierarchy pyramid right like once you once you get up there that's when you're in a very different place right but if you if you from a different if you from a first world country then that's not really something that you would see over there everyone comes from pretty much very comfortable backgrounds right, uh, right. and especially if you're from from europe the welfare state is there right like it yeah. it is a welfare state yeah. and even if you know your parents do not make that much of money life would have been very comfortable but that's not necessarily true over here so you do come from that mindset i guess maybe i could just ask one last question sure. if you have advice to the pms out there maybe the zinga pm who was you you know years back what advice would you give them i would say that you don't need to be chasing a higher salary you don't need to be chasing more people on your team i think find something that fulfills you and whether that's moving abroad and doing hiking on the weekends while working on your game monday to friday then that's fine and if you want to build something fun and interesting right here then go join lila games i mean what are you thinking about <laughs> that's, that's right <laughs> awesome <laughs> so yeah find find something that 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 fulfills you because the time when you had to hold down a job right. is gone you will be fine you won't even if you're working on a high risk job that company closes down you will be fine you work in tech right you're okay yeah. <laughs> no actually that advice really resonates with me because one of the reasons i started lila is because i had a career working in games and did fairly well but then i thought about so what so i made some money right so i have you know i have i'm happy relatively but then i thought about but what did i do if i'm look back on my life when i'm older and i think about what have i accomplished i'd be very disappointed so mm. 
So I, I definitely appreciate that you're, the advice that you're giving folks. So. And even and even PMs abroad, right? Like, I mean, if you want something different, if you want a bit of a challenge, I mean, let's say that, you know, you're from Helsinki. You've grown up all your life in Helsinki. You can go to Helsinki anytime you want, but maybe why don't you come and spend a few years in India? It might be interesting. It might be different. Right. You might learn a few things. You might like it. You might not like it. But one thing I can promise you, it'll be the ride of your life. It will be interesting. Yeah. And you will see and learn new things uh, every day. It's a different perspective. Life is short. Life is short. Absolutely. <laughs> Thanks so much for your time. Most welcome.